Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. We're going to make a start. We're going to jump straight in this morning. You know what? The great thing is that it doesn't matter how long we've been a follower of Jesus, and it doesn't matter how many times we read a particular passage in the Bible. There's always something when we read a passage that the Holy Spirit just wants to draw to our attention. He, and he does that in order to encourage us in particular seasons of life. And when we're encouraged, what happens is we grow in our faith, we grow in our knowledge of Jesus Christ, and that helps us, enables us to seek God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and our strength. At the moment, I'm reading the book of Romans, that's where I am. And so today, we're going to be focusing on chapter 5. So if you've got a Bible on your phone or here, um, please turn to Romans chapter 5, ready. Okay. So Romans, the book of Romans, it was written about 57 AD, and it's a letter from Paul to the church in Rome, and the book tells us, the book of Romans, or the letter of Romans, it tells us about God, who he is, and what he's done. It tells us about ourselves, and who we are without Jesus Christ in our lives, and more importantly, who we become after trusting in Jesus. And Paul reminds us in this book that we don't need to have our lives straightened out before coming to Jesus. He says this wonderful thing. He says, because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so there are three things we're going to highlight in the passage today. Peace. We've heard a lot about that, haven't we, in the worship this morning already. Problems and privilege. Peace, problems, and privilege. Many of you, I'm sure, have found yourself in seasons where there just seems to be constant trials. There just seems to be constant sufferings. And sometimes in those seasons, we just find ourselves where there's just just a lack of peace. Everything's up in the air. There's absolute turmoil around us. You feel like you're on that hamster wheel of life and it's going and it's going and it's going and you just can't seem to get off. And it's at those seasons where all we crave is just quietness, just rest, just stillness, just peace. And we just know that if we can get that, everything is going to be all right. And whether it's rest that we need or it's peace that we need, listen, the Bible has a lot to say on the subject of peace. Listen to these verses. In the book of John, Jesus said, I've said these things to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but take heart because I have overcome the world. The prophet Isaiah reminded himself, he spoke to himself and he said, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. In Matthew, Jesus says to us, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called children of God. And in John, Jesus tells his followers, peace I leave with you. My peace I 
give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And my favorite peace verse is this. And sometimes it's good with Bible verses. When something strikes you and you think, oh, that's really good, is try and learn it off by heart. And it's Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. Do not worry about anything, but in everything. Praise the Lord. Tell him what you need. Thank him for what he's done. Then, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And we all experience those times in our life where there is no peace. Even the disciples who were with Jesus experienced moments without peace. You know, often the disciples would be on a boat, traveling on the Sea of Galilee, going from one side of the shore to the other. And Mark chapter 4 tells us of an account where the disciples were in the boat. They were fishermen. They were skilled at rowing a boat. And Jesus was fast asleep. He was resting. He was exhausted. He slept peacefully like a baby. But a huge storm appeared on the lake. And they found it harder and harder to row. And the waves began to come over into their boat. And I can imagine them just kind of like, oh, this isn't good now. We are trying to get the water out of this boat. And the more and more they did it, the more the waves came in. And they got so scared. The Bible tells us they were afraid. These skilled fishermen who were used to being on rough waters were terrified. And it says they woke up Jesus and said, Jesus, don't you care? We're going to die. We cannot do this. The waves, the wind, it is too much. And Jesus just looks at them and says, why are you so afraid? I'm with you. Why? Where is your peace? Why are you afraid in this moment? I'm here with you. And he speaks to the wind and the waves and he says, peace, be still. I used to be a school teacher and um, once the head teacher, she walked in after school. It'd been a busy day at school. She'd walked in and she walked into my classroom and she just said, Sarah, I don't know what it is. But whenever I've had a rough day, if I walk into your classroom, there's just such a peace in here. And I just half-jokingly, and maybe perhaps too flippantly, just turned around to her and said, well, you know why that is, don't you? I said, I'm a Christian. And she just went, I know, you're a Christian. And what did I mean by that? Did I mean that Christians don't get stressed? No. Did I, mean, did I mean that as Christians sometimes we don't feel overwhelmed, we have it all together? No. Did I mean that Christians don't get anxious or worried? Certainly not. As Christians, even in the most stressful times of our lives, there is a peace that we can carry that carries us through it. Just like the disciples, there's a peace that we can encounter when we call upon God. 
But there is also something called peace with God. And peace with God is is a different peace. It is a peace that we can live in securely every day. It is a peace that we can continually carry with us no matter what circumstance we are facing. So let's turn to Romans chapter 5 and let's read this passage together. It says, verse 1 to 11, Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have a peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too. When we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless... Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Right at the start of that chapter, what is it that makes this peace so different. Well, the clue to understanding it is the very first word. It says, therefore. Why is there a therefore? I always remember when I was a teen in our church growing up and I would often go to the the Bible studies midweek where my father would be teaching on the Bible and opening up the scriptures He would always point to little words like that in scripture. And he would say to us, if ever you see the word, therefore, you have to ask yourself the question, what is it there for? Why is it there? What is it there for? And so to understand verse one, we have to nip back to chapter four. And as we read chapter 4, we see Paul explaining how Abraham had faith in God. In fact, it was a faith so strong that even when the things that God promised to Abraham seemed completely impossible, Abraham still believed. And his faith, the passage says, was credited to him as righteousness. And so chapter 5 continues the conversation, therefore. It says, therefore, because of what Abraham went through, since we have been justified, that is, acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God, 
by faith, let us grasp the fact we have peace with God and the joy of reconciliation with him through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed. You see, we were created to live in peace with God, but sin came and ruined and destroyed that relationship. And sin continues to ruin and destroy that relationship for all those who refuse to accept salvation through Jesus. But for those of us here this morning that have said yes to Jesus and have put our faith in him, peace with God means that our debt of sin has been paid and God now sees you and I righteous and no longer enemies of him. All because of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection and our faith in him. You see, peace with God allows us to live without having to fear death or eternity. Because Jesus' death and resurrection has done everything to make certain that we have been made right with God. So no matter what goes on in our lives, no matter what storm you and I are facing, there is a complete peace that we can have by knowing Jesus. There is a peace we can securely and confidently walk in as a Christian. No one can take that peace. No one can take that peace. We may mess up. We may doubt. We may struggle. We may even waver in our faith. But the truth of the matter is this. The moment you gave your life to Jesus, the moment we put our faith in him, you were given peace with God. And it is important to hold on to that truth because the second thing that we're going to find in our lives is this, that we are going to face some problems. Verse 3 says this, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. If you've ever played Monopoly, you'll know there's a get out of jail card. And this card is priceless because if you've got lots of property and you're wanting to collect lots of money, you need to get out of jail fast. And so you know that if you produce this card, you can carry on like nothing has happened. But following Jesus is not like carrying around a get out of jail card. Over the years, I've sat with people over coffee and we've talked about life and faith. And one of the conversations that has often come up has been, why is this happening to me? I thought that as a Christian, Jesus would help me so much that I just wouldn't have to experience this. I wouldn't have to go through hard things like this. Why does God seem so far away? I thought it would be easier. Sometimes in our problems or our sufferings or our trials that come our way, 
Sometimes as Christians, we face big losses. Sometimes the trial's an illness that seeks to sock us sideways. It knocks us sideways. Sometimes it's a, it's a lack of finances or a constant worry about our family. And I have to have these conversations and say, hey, there's no get out of jail card as a Christian. But if you can persevere in this, if you can cling to God even more in this moment, if you can remember that Jesus is in the boat with you, just like he was with the disciples, they were going through it, but he was there all along, then God can use that suffering, that trial, that problem to grow you, to develop you, to increase your character for him. He can do good things and great things through you. <coughs> you see, if life was easy, our faith probably wouldn't grow. If life was easy, we wouldn't have to look to Jesus and cling to Jesus for strength and for help. If life was easy, you and I would not learn how to persevere in those times. And it's often when we are struggling, when we feel like we can't go on, that if we will cling to God, God is able to use those moments to grow us and mold us if we persevere. There's a film I love, old film, Evan Almighty. It's a modern twist on the story of Noah. And in the film, there's this scene where Evan's wife, she's given up on the craziness of her husband, and she can't understand why he's acting so weird. So what she does is she takes the kids and she says, I'm leaving you, I'm going back to my parents. And on the way, she stops at a restaurant. And suddenly she starts up this conversation with someone who she thinks is a waiter, and she begins to share her frustrations about it. She meets God. She doesn't even realize who it is she's talking to. God encourages her in that scene and it's not what she's expecting. He invites her to look at her problem through a different lens, through his lens. And as Christians, you and I need to look at our trials and our sufferings through a different lens. Instead of giving up on God, instead of walking away, instead of getting frustrated, we have to learn to ask God, okay, Lord, how can I grow through this? What can I learn in this situation as I face this challenge that will ultimately make me more like you? And as we grow in persevering, our character is grown. Our character becomes more like Jesus. We begin to see things the way he sees things. And our hope in him grows stronger. Our relationship with God grows deeper. It becomes more sustainable, more real. Have you ever looked at someone who's been a Christian for many years or maybe they seem really mature in their faith and you can look at them and think, it's all right for them. Look how strong they are in God. How do you think they became strong? It wasn't warm, fuzzy feelings. They went through it 
And they learned to rely upon God. They learned to persevere in the hardest of times. And because of that perseverance, they grew. The third thing this passage shows us is that a result of all this, this peace with God and this persevering through our trials and our sufferings, is that we can encounter an undeserved privilege with God. In fact, verse 2 calls it undeserved. What is undeserved? Well, privilege, we know, is that advantage that people have, isn't it? It's granted to them by a particular group or a a person. Sometimes we can look at the very rich in society and we can say, well, it's all right for you. Look at your grandparents' wealth. Look at the wealth your family has. You live in a privileged position. You can have everything you want. And sometimes we can be on the end of receiving that privilege. Lucas and I have an MP friend and once our friend... They invited us to go to the Houses of Parliament to see them. Because we were invited guests, we went in through a special entrance. We were taken to places that the tours do not hit. We even managed to get into into some champagne receptions and people were talking to us as if we were part of the group there. We felt really honoured. It was a privilege to be behind the scenes in the Houses of Parliament. We could never have encountered that privilege if it wasn't for the relationship of the person that we were with. And Paul is writing in this passage to the church in Rome to remind them, listen, because Jesus has died on the cross with you and you have peace with God, because of the circumstances you're facing and you're persevering in it, listen, You have incredible privilege of knowing God. He says, listen, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we can confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Just in case we forget that we and we think it's about what we have done that gets us into that place. Paul reminds them, no, it's your faith in what Jesus has done for you that gives you the privilege. So what does this privilege give us? What's the point of it? Well, verse 11, he sums it up with this. He says, so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. The privilege you and I know, have, in knowing and following Jesus Christ, is a friendship with God. Just think that about that this morning. If you've said yes to Jesus, God calls you his friend. You have the right to call God your friend It's not about what you've done. It doesn't matter if you messed up yesterday. You have, through Jesus, a friendship with God. What do we do with our friends? We laugh. We share our thoughts. 
We share what's on our hearts. We cry. We show our frustrations. We talk regularly. We walk places and we talk. We eat meals with one another. And we know that if we need our good friends, we call them any time, day or night, they will be there for us. And it's like that with God. Among all the people that have ever walked upon this earth, past and future, you are called a friend of God. Even with our baggage, with our inconsistency, with our wrong attitudes and our wrong choices, through Jesus Christ, we are a friend of God. So the takeaway today, three things to remember. If you've put your faith in Jesus, you have been given, no ifs or buts, you have been given peace with God. Secondly, you will face problems and sufferings and trials as a Christian. But if you persevere through it, and not give up your hope in Christ, you will grow in him. And thirdly, be confident of your salvation because it's not happened because of anything you have done. Jesus has done it for you. And by following him, you have been given the privilege of a relationship and a friendship with God no matter who you are, and no matter your past. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, we, we thank you for your word to us this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you did it on the cross for us, that you died, that you rose again, Lord, in order that we might know peace with God. Lord, I pray firstly for anyone in this room this morning who wants to know that peace. Lord, I pray in their hearts now that they will respond to you. That they will desire to be a follower of you. Lord, I pray for people this morning, Lord, in their trials and their sufferings, those in that season of life. Lord, I pray that you will help them to persevere. Holy Spirit, encourage them, strengthen them. Lord, in the dark of night, Lord, when they're worried and they're anxious, Lord, we pray your peace. Lord, we pray that they would just grow in the things of you. Lord, just use these things, Lord, just to mold us, Father. Give us all that we need, Lord, to face stuff. Lord, we pray, Father, and we thank you for that privilege we have. Lord, we can come to you at any time, day or night. You call us your friends because of what Jesus has done. We thank you for the truth of your word this morning. Help us to live in it, Lord, I pray. Amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.